Good evening, Skyline League. This is Philadelphia Trent joining you on this random Tuesday evening here in my townhouse in Pennsylvania as I bring you the first annual inspired by my childhood self when I used to watch football before they changed the rules and screwed it up, uh, which might be related to why I hate rule changes. But in any case, uh, one of my must-watch events of the year was the release of the All-Madden team by the legendary John Madden, uh, now departed very sad, very sad. And when we were talking about uh, All-Star voting uh, and if we should do it differently, which I voted for, it failed, that's fine, life goes on. Uh, I voted for the Libertarian in the 2016 presidential election, you know, so I'm used to losing. Uh, but in any case, uh, when we were talking about that, uh, I had a little idea when Dan Vegas and, uh, you know, Chicago, Jeff picked on me, wanting me to pick the all-star team. It reminded me of the all Madden team and my childhood watching that, you know, in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, and enjoying the release of the all Madden team when I watched pro football. Uh, and so, uh, I've chosen to adapt that. Uh, into what I'm going to call the All Mad One team, uh, where we will look at the Skyline League year past 2045, and Angry Trent here will pick a team based on players that made him mad this past year, uh, based on their statistics, whatever that might have been. Um, just a point of note, first of all, this is just me, nobody else involved, nobody else is on the call, just me, just me talking, being angry at players that did something that irritated me. Uh, maybe not even the player's fault, the GM's fault, whatever it might be. So I'm going to talk, I'm going to swear, I'm going to get angry about this team of players. For this reason, one word of note, this is not an all-star team. I had not intended it to be an all-star team. I don't want it to be an all-star team. I think that's boring. I don't think one person should pick the all-star team. But I will pick the all-mad one team. And if people like this, we can do it in the future. This is simply the pilot version of the all-mad one team. And so with that introduction aside, we will begin with the catcher on the all-mad one team, a gentleman by the name of Rod Wynn, who plays for Cincinnati. Folks, let's talk about catchers. Dirty little secret. When we pick a catcher, what you're picking is generally a guy that looks like this. This is what everybody ends up with. A guy who's pretty good defensively, catcher ability pretty high. You'd like the arm to be a little higher. But you get a guy who looks like this, who has ratings that look vaguely like this. And you hope you get lucky, and he has a kick-butt season. Look, Rod Wynn did. We're two war this year. That's incredible. It's incredible. If you don't have one of the top catchers, and if you look back at the, you know, the statistics, these are qualified catchers this year. Cena, Spire, Cavett, all of these are the top catchers in the league. Only Rod Wynn's name can stands out here as where the ratings don't seem to match the production. That's what we're looking for here. This guy got two war. This guy? Who the heck is this guy? And so you can ask yourself the following questions. Was there any inkling of this that was going to happen based on his minor league numbers? And you can go over here to all levels and you can see, yeah, broadly, no, those are high school numbers. Other than the brief time he spent in rookie ball, this guy was crap, like really crap, like really crap as he got into the high made minors. And then his rookie season, uh, I guess that might have been his rookie season last year. He got a cup of coffee, maybe, you know, a, a kettle of coffee last year uh, with the Reds. This year, fantastic. 
OPS plus of 104, 750 OPS, 2.1 war. It's ridiculous. Now, he is a switch hitter, which you'd like to see. I also don't like the fact that he's number 91. That's ridiculous. He's not a defensive lineman, Zeus. Change his freaking number. Um, in any case, Rodwin, switch hitter, so that helps. But if you go over here and look at ratings, you can see that he's a switch hitter that really shouldn't hit left-handed pitching. Um, really needs a platoon partner. He played every day this year, broadly, as much as catchers do. And the reason for that is he hit lefties incredibly. This is very irritating. A guy with ratings like that should not have a 127 OPS plus against left-handed pitching. Even more irritating is despite the fact that he had more than double the plate appearances that were right-handed pitching, he actually did so much worse against righties than he did lefties this year that more of his war came from righties came from lefties than righties. That is ridiculous. That is irritating. That is against ratings. That is lucky. That is monstrous. This is ridiculous. Oh my gosh, makes me so mad. There's always a catcher that pulls crap like this, and it's really, really irritating, and it makes me really angry. And so he is the catcher on the all-bad-one team in 2025. Congratulations to Rod Wentz. Then we get to first base. As it turns out, first basemen are tough to pick, partially because when you sort, sort by first baseman, almost everybody qualifies. This is because almost any Yahoo can play first base. Uh, and so you really have to pick and choose. Also, a lot of these guys are really good. Uh, I don't consider Niglesu a first baseman, but it doesn't matter anyway. He He's not a guy that makes me mad. He He's fantastic. One of the best players in the league. Same thing with Morel. VZ had a great year. Christian Gibbs, fantastic, right? Like none of these guys are going to qualify. First base was actually one of the tougher positions to pick, but I did. And it's one of my least favorite Sky players, perhaps of all time, a gentleman by the name of David Drury. Folks, we need to have a chat about David Drury because it irritates me. If we look down here, David Drury, magically, amazingly, somehow this year had two war. If this surprises you, this is because you remember not all that long ago when David Drury was washed up. He was legitimately terrible. He was an awful, awful baseball player. Now, he's a former Rookie of the Year winner because he came on like gangbusters with Portland, the former hop David Drury, former first round draft pick. I think he was the 1.3 went to Tyler and the hops. Uh, really, really good his first couple of seasons in the league. And then he tailed off. And then he tailed off, and then he was dog shit, and then he was sort of washed up, and then he was awful, and this is repulsive. And Tyler wanted this man off of his team. And so he did what you do when you want a guy off of your team. You send him to another team. And so Tyler traded to Zach. Must have been interesting to be a fly on the wall on those trade negotiations. Two of the best right there. Jesus. In any case, for Gago Mello, who actually turned out to be a pretty good player, not terrible value there for uh, Tyler in that trade. But in any case, once hitting Baltimore, David Drury did what people do in Baltimore, and it really irritates the crap out of me. And that is, he had a fantastic year. Look at this nonsense. Like, seriously, this is ridiculous. Look at this nonsense. Played all 162 games and had a 766. OPS worth two war, despite the fact that he hit 214. 
Now, the fact that he hit 214 is perfectly appropriate since he's 40 contact. This is very palindromy. Those of you who have been in the league for a while. Remember those palindrome guy ratings? I used to call them PG guys in the draft. Always don't draft the PG guys. Okay. 40 contact, 60 gap power, 40 home run power, close to 60 discipline, 40 Ks. These guys, yeah, these are these are palindrome guys where their ratings go up and then back down, peaking at home run power. They don't have any contact. They strike out all the freaking time. They don't walk as much as they should. And you can see that that's true here for David Drury. David Drury averaged somewhere in the neighborhood of seven walks a month. So he walked, you know, once or twice a week which is repulsive. He struck out all the damn time and he hit 214. He's awful. He tried to steal bases. He sucks. Okay. He tried to steal 10 times, was thrown out four of them. David Drury's a shitty baseball player. He's awful. And this was proven based on his past numbers, except this year in Baltimore when he managed to hit 42 home runs, 42 home runs, 42 home runs. And it would be one thing if that were the statistic on this page that bothered me the most. It is not. David Drury, this man, David McDrury here, led the league, led the league in triples with his shitty speed. Somehow this man tripled this season 17 times. This is so effing irritating. I, I, I can't even talk about David Drury. I hate David Drury. Now, one person whose fault this is not is Tyler's. Tyler's got rid of this guy. He actually got a really useful relief pitcher out of the deal. Not a bad trade for Tyler, but Tyler deserves, I really do think, to like punch something. I think Tyler gets one free breakage of something in his house after seeing this David Drury comeback year at age 31. How this guy is still ranked as 60, I'll never effing understand. So ridiculous. I'm so upset. I hate David Drury. Screw you, Zach. This is ridiculous. Now, Dan Vegas, I mentioned, wanted me to just pick the all-star team. And David Drury has been an all-star before, 2038. He also obviously has made the playoffs. He was a uh, East Divisional Series MVP in 2044. This is fine. David Drury irritates me. But I don't want to pick the all-star team. I think that's a bad plan. But those of you who are good with such things, if you can make the angry Trent emoji small and find a way to get it on to like there'd be a spot right there we could put david drury's like 2045 all mad one team and i am all in on that that would be quite an honor if we can get the commish or david or some of you guys who are much more techno oriented than myself uh i am technologically challenged i'm lucky i can make this work um and in any case uh, David Drury sucks. I hate David Drury. F you, David Drury. And we'll move on to second base on the 2045 All Mad One team. Starting at second for the All Mad One team this year is Liam Lyons. Now, a couple of things. Liam Lyons is a really good baseball player. What irritates me about Liam Lyons is that very early this season, Liam Lyons was traded. Liam Lyons was traded from Vancouver to Toronto. If it makes you feel better, it did work for me. The player that uh, our intrepid commish, Ryan, got in exchange looks like a pretty good baseball player. Okay, I think he's going to be a pretty good hitter. 
Okay. You can only play first base. So you can complain about that if you want. He's really young. Okay. But he's raked in the minors so far. Looks like a pretty decent baseball player. So that made me feel a little better. Not great, but a little better. But Liam Lyons showed no indications of being this fantastic baseball player until, of course, he got to Toronto, at which point he hit like shit and was a 5-6-4 player this year. Just ridiculous. Now, we did have a hot start with Vancouver as well, but I'm going to quibble about a couple of these things here. First of all, 50-55 contact, that's a 320-313 hitter. Really? Really? I don't think it is. I think you're lying. I'm calling crap. Another guy who just triples. Now, at least he's fast. I'm like effing David Drury. Hate that bastard. In any case, Liam Lyons, how do you hit 11 home runs and only and be worth 5.5 war? I don't even understand how that's possible. You must steal bases. He's not even great at that. This is not the world's best percentage. I mean, it's not bad, but I want to see Lyons stealing more bases. I, I'm really upset that Yet again, Amin made a trade that freaking works out. Only in Toronto do guys with 50-55 contact hit, you know, 315. This is so ridiculous. I uh, uh, I can't even talk about it. And, of course, he's in his first full year of, you know, team control. So he'll be a Blue Jay for the next five, six years, after which time, you know, Toronto will trade him to some idiot GM like Trent. And, you know, his career will be over. He'll suck or something like that. And it'll it'll irritate me. I... I'm already upset about this. He's going to be awesome. He'll probably be a six-war player next year, and he'll make the list again. But again, right in here, his first award, Dan Vegas. Make the shiznit happen, buddy. Could be the 2045 All-Mad One Team award winner at second base, Philadelphia Trent style. In any case, after second base, we're going to go to third. And I promised Portland, the Portland GM, Tyler, that Portland would play a special role in the inaugural uh, 2045, the pilot, if you will, of the All-Mad One team. And his third baseman is the starter, Jose Stevens, for the Portland Hops, your 2045 Mad One team award winner. Let's take a look. You'll see him right here, right up at the top. 26-year-old player, pretty good-looking player. But he went from being sort of meh to being fantastic. He was otherworldly. Just great. This is his career year. He was phenomenal. I I cannot describe enough how much this irritates me. How guys look sort of meh, and then they break out, and then you don't know what to do. Now, Tyler, not as big an idiot as we pick on him for sometimes. Now, sometimes he is. But this is smart. He's putting him on the block, because of course he is. He's about to be arbitration eligible. If he isn't already, this looks like a year one ARB number. So maybe he's about to be in year two of ARB. I'm sure that number's big. He was worth six war last year. And so Tyler's dangling him. Of course he is. So what do you do? Do you want this guy? Or do you not want this guy? So you have to dive deeper into the stats. First of all, Jose Stevens. Again, I don't want to pick on him too much. I think he's a pretty good ball player. Is he a six-war player? Or is he a two-war player? Which is the right Jose Stevens? Will the real Jose Stevens stand up? Now, a couple of things about Jose Stevens. First of all, he's a left-handed batter. And, unsurprisingly, he has righties better than he does lefties. This is not a shock. Pretty normal, straightforward. Actually, these splits are much, much better than you might expect for the typical uh, lefty hitting third baseman. But if you go into the numbers, you will see that Jose Stevens sucked ass against lefties. He was actually worse this year than he was in his first couple of years with with uh, Portland. 
he's awful. What changed with Jose Stevens was his batting against righties. This man had a 306, 386, 563 slash and hit 25 home runs this year off of right-handing pitching alone. This is phenomenal. It is incredible. It was also lucky. If you go to the next spring screen, you see that his BABIP against right-handed pitching this year was 383. 383. There's nearly a 100-point jump from the year before. Just amazing. Even if you take a look, now he's always been sort of a high BABIP guy. These numbers are big. I think BABIPs are sort of overinflated in the entire game engine, but leaving that alone for a second, even with that overinflation in the game engine, 342 is a heck of an individual BABIP for a career number. Even if that number drops to the career, 342, which would still be excellent. Jose Stevens is not going to be this good a hitter. He's not going to be this good a hitter. Buyer beware. Jose Stevens, Lucky season. Happy it happened to Tyler. Got no problem with Tyler. Like Tyler. He's doing the right thing by dangling him. I guess maybe he's a line drive hitter. That probably has something to do with the Babbitt being high. Uh, there's some evidence to suggest that that's the case, uh, especially if you get down into the really nerdy numbers, uh, which Tyler does not because Tyler's a, you know, a counting stats guy. He probably looks at the RBIs and is mad I didn't mention that. Um, but in any case, and I'm not going to mention it because Tyler's wrong. But in any case, Jose Stevens, Third baseman, really weird little player. Don't have any idea what to think of him. I don't know if you want to trade for him. I don't think you expect 5.7 war. So, dear Lord, don't know what to think about that. In any case, shortstop was another tough position to pick. I went pretty far down my list here. This is my own little view of batting statistics that I care about that I put into the game. But I did find a guy to start at shortstop for the 2045 Bad, all mad one team. And that is Daniel Mora of the Texas Rangers. Daniel Mora. Uh, I don't even know what to say about Daniel Mora. Daniel Mora had a really crazy year. You look at him and you're like, okay, yeah, I see why Trent's mad. This man had four, four. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm mad. This bullshit never happens to the Phillies. This is ridiculous. Look at this nonsense. 45 contact is 266. This guy hits 210 in Philadelphia. He's worse than David Drury. He's ridiculous. This is so irritating. It's so freaking irritating. Now, one of the things that helped him a little, I always like it when guys steal bases and never get thrown out. That's sort of sexy. 16-0. So I'll give him that. But how does 99 OPS plus turn into three war? Well, how was he defensively? I'm glad you asked. Okay, Trent, tell us. Okay, I will. He was fantastic defensively. 5.6 DR. This is a top shortstop in the league defensively this season. And yet it shouldn't be. 65, 65, 65, 65. This is so irritating. I can't find a shortstop to play positive ZR in Philadelphia. Then I've had 70, 75 guy, 75 range guys sometimes. This is ridiculous. Re. This is repulsive. I hate the fact in ways that I cannot put into words that this guy, this guy, look at these records. Look at this. 1.8, negative 6. This guy was useless last year. One of the worst players in the league. Oh, my God. So fucking frustrating. Don't have any idea. All of a sudden, he's a positive zone rating shortstop, almost plus 6 zone rating. He's really good despite no blue. No blue at all. There's not a single blue bar. 
in this oh my gosh it's so irritating there's far too much noise in the freaking defensive stats in this game frustrates me so freaking much can't even begin to describe how frustrating this player is hate freaking daniel mora okay texas matt does not need any help that guy's really really good as a gm he does not need any look at this nonsense yeah two years ago he was 91 that's not too bad 0.8 war this year four freaking war this guy's not a four war player he's oh look at these are atrocious bars oh this player sucks Oh, I can't even look at him. Oh, go away, Daniel Mora. Hate that guy. Freaking hate that guy. In any case, now that we're done in the infield, we need some outfielders for our all Mad One team, the 2045 edition. And we're going to start in Los Angeles with a guy by the name of Morgan Pierce. First of all, his first name is Morgan. So he's got sort of this boy named Sue thing going on. I hate it when people do this. I hate it. Do not name your children androgynous nicknames or give your children gender neutral names. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. The other thing that I hate about this name is that he can't F and spell. This is not how you fucking spell the word Pierce. That's not how you do it. The, the I and the E are wrong. That's P ear C P ear It It does irk me. It's so ridiculous. This is not, this is not uh, to say nothing of the fact of what this guy did in Las Vegas this year or in Los Angeles this year. This also, I truly do think that Tyler gets one free like the purge. He gets to kill one human being in response to this. He gets to like ground a puppy or something in out of anger without any ramifications, morally, legally, ethically, anything because of what happened to his former players here. David Drury traded to Baltimore. Really, really good season. Morgan Pierce traded now he's even better in a Los Angeles Dodgers jersey. So frustrating. So you see Morgan Pierce here, and you see that he was worth 4.1 more, which is just so frustrating, so ridiculous. It, I can't even begin to discuss how frustrating it is. I, I detest it when players do this. And you can see that Morgan Pierce, in his past, was a pretty good player. He had a really good year with Portland, the one year, and then he sucked. And he sucked for, you know, he was sort of meh. For a couple of years. And Tyler, as we've discussed before, I'm noticing a reoccurring theme, Tyler, traded him. And he traded him for a bucket of baseballs, a guy who's no longer with the team and sucks. And a guy who's now retired. So Tyler got scrod here. Scrod. This was a shite trade. So Tyler made one trade of these useless guys that ended up being useful in 2045 that was he again i don't think that's terrible return you're not gonna when you trade guys for pennies on the dollar which is when you're trading guys like p irky and uh and david freaking drury uh when they have the low value that they do this is the sort of return you expect to get he didn't do bad with that reliever because it turned out pretty good okay but here he got his ass kicked just got totally destroyed by the Yankees. Um, oh, yeah, this was JP Yankings. Yeah, again, not the first guy to get blasted by JP in a trade. But then even weirder, the Yankees traded Drury to Los Angeles for it must have been draft picks because this says in exchange for a dollar. So I don't know this exact trade. I hope there were really big draft picks involved. Um Tyler took it up the butt on this. This is just repulsive because now he was fantastic in in LA. Fantastic in LA. 
just so freaking good this year. So irritating. Okay, you can see that he had a pretty good year against lefties. But again, he just mashed right-handed hitting, right-handed pitching. Just mashed them. 259, 338, 512. Okay, once again, because I cannot help myself, 45 contact is not a 250 hitter. It shouldn't be, and it was this year in a 260 hitter, I apologize, in L.A. Yeah, this guy plays in Oakland. He hits like 175 because that's the sort of luck that this guy hits in Philadelphia. He's lucky to break the 200 line. Yeah, that he, he wouldn't be hitting his weight in Philly. OK, 45 contact guys hitting 250. That's it's better than 40 contact guys hitting 260 okay or 50 contact guys hitting 333 or whatever, like they did in toronto but but this is still very irritating as a general rule trade for hops players because apparently they they always are randomly good this guy made six million dollars this year and was worth 4.1 war i fucking hate things like this i hate morgan pierce i want him to go freaking away we need another corner outfielder but before we get there we're going to go to center field. We're going around the diamond. We started with catcher, two, three, four, five, six, seven, left fielder. Now we need a center fielder. And I went with sort of an interesting pick here, okay? A guy you might not expect, and I can explain. I went with Carlos Vargas of the Las Vegas Knights. Not because he's a crappy player, because exactly the opposite is true. This guy could have any bars he wants and have any amount of war he wants. He's really good. He's just a good player, right? Really young, really good. It's unfortunate that he's hurt. Uh, maybe that puts him back in play without too much time missed. Looks like it's going to be April, May at the latest. So hopefully that's not too bad for Dan Vegas. Really good player who got hurt. My reason for disliking this player is very specific. Um, not the fact that he strikes out a lot, but this is fun. The fact that he's led the league in back-to-back -back years in strikeouts and yet is still worth five and four war, respectively. Like, that's pretty cool. Okay? My reason for hating this player has nothing to do with this. My reason for hating this player is that he's a center fielder with these ratings. Look at this. Outfield range, 60. 70, 60, 55. You play this guy in the center field? You feel confident about that? Well, here do I have news for you. Let's check his fielding stats. Even better... Let's check his career fielding stats. Dan Vegas played this guy for an entire year. He got 154 starts in center field this year. And he was worth 12.1 negative zone rating in center field this year. Dan Vegas, you know I love you. Booby, buddy, former champion, better at this game than me. You're a freaking idiot. Why the heck are you starting this guy in center field all day? Dan Vegas is lucky that he was trying to win this year and made the playoffs this year, or the ZR Warriors, those zone rating warriors, would have been after him like white on rice. Oh, my God, Dan. Did it not enter your consciousness a third of the way through the season when this guy was at, like, negative five ZR? You should probably move him out of center field. Oh, my freaking – this is inexcute. So ridiculous. And yet – and yet, it's not all completely Dan Vegas's fault, because the year before last, Dan Vegas also started Carlos Vargas in center field for 150 games, and he was worth positive 2.2 zone rating. Now, that doesn't excuse Dan Vegas for missing this, because there must have been signs. And for those of you who like efficiency, 995, really good, to 959, shit on ice. 
So it's not just one rate. It's not just one defensive metric. 2.2 zone rating two years ago, negative 12.4 this year. This is repulsive. So yes, Dan Vegas is not completely excused because he's excused a little, but he is excused a little. Because more than Dan Vegas, what I'm going to blame this on is the game engine. I'm being very serious. There should never be, never, ever, ever be a 15-point swing in zone rating for a 24-year-old at the same position from one year to one year. That is inexcusable. Now, I hear you thinking, and you're like, well, wait a minute, Trent. We don't know what happened to his ratings. Maybe his ratings in center were better last year. Maybe they weren't 60. You're right, it looks bad now. Maybe we did switch editions of the game from 23 to 24. You know what you're making? You're making excuses. Perhaps you didn't hear me. I said it was inexcusable. I mean that in every sense of the word. There is no excuse good enough. I hear what you're saying, and I don't give a shit. There should never be a 15-point swing in a 24-year-old player's defensive zone rating from one year to the next. That is ridiculous. It should happen 0.0% of the time. Never. Never. Never happen. It's preposterous. It's ridiculous. And for that reason alone, Dan Vegas has earned his starting center fielders. There's a drink from last year, Dan. We still love you. But this, oh my God, makes me so mad. Stupid game. Okay. Angry Trent. All mad one team. 2045. Starting center fielder. Carlos Vargas. Of the Las Vegas Knights. I'm on the wrong screen. Still talking about each other's mothers in the chat. Be better, you folks. Uh, gave away the ghost a little bit here. My right fielder here is Nathaniel Harrison from the Boston Red Sox. And I don't really have a specific reason that I hate Nathaniel Harrison. Uh, I have a couple of stupid reasons. Most of my reasons are pretty good. This is a stupid reason. This is not how you develop Nathaniel. I don't know what this is. Nathan Ale. Nathan Ale. I would like it better if it were spelled Nathan A-L-E. Because then there'd be Nathan Ale. As in some guy made some beer. Nathan made some ale. But Nathaniel, if that's even what that says, I don't even know what the F that says. It's not Nathaniel. That's not what that says. But Nathaniel Harrison is a outfielder for the Boston Red Sox. And he was very, very good. I'm not lying about spelling his name. I checked it multiple times. He's a switch hitter, and he's an okay player. Is he a five-war player? Well, apparent freaking Lee, because he's done it again. This guy, these bars, this look like five war player to you? Really? Really? 50 contact? They look like 309, 284? They look right to you? I think it looks a little off. I think it looks weird. I think it looks off. Something is wrong. How is this guy so good? I don't even understand. Even the game doesn't think he's very good. How's he so good? Now you could point to his speed, but these are not numbers that are conducive to this level. He tried to steal 68 times, was thrown out 20 of them. Successful 50. Hell, he was better the year before. 50-10 is good. 48-20, I'm not impressed. Not with those ratings. He should be better than that. If, for, if nothing else, he should be trying more. Come on, Tyler. The other Tyler, you're better than that. Maybe you're not. In any case, 48-20. This is really, really... Really, really disappointing. I'm really mad about this contact being all over the place. 284. 
with a 50 contact. Dear Lord, that guy should be hitting 260. Tops. Tops. Freaking tops. And you know that would make him not a 5 or freaking player. So irritating. The other thing you can point to is his defense. And if you play him in a corner outfield spot, he should be pretty good defensively. And mercifully, he is. When you play him in a corner outfield spot, he's pretty good defensively. Now, Boston and Tyler played him in center field for 41 games because he's an idiot too. Really wasn't even all that terrible there, which frustrates me. But in any case, better than Carlos Vargas. But in any case, leaving that alone. 6.2 zone rating in right. That helps. Helps a little. Half a win, something like that. But this guy, you're telling me these match this? I don't know. This is what five war players look like. Here, really? This? I, uh, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Now he is a switch hitter. That probably helps. It looks like he's pretty equal against both sides of the both side both uh, types of arms that a, that a team could throw at you. So that helps a little. But it's just a weird little player. I just don't know what to think of him. Very very strange. In any case, we're gonna go back to first base. Because we have DHs, so does Major League Baseball now, independent of league. So we've changed with the times well before Major League Baseball did. But the starting designated hitter on the all-mad one team is a gentleman by the name of Jackson Zarate. Uh, And he's a Chicago Cub. And again, not picking on Jeff. It's not Jeff's fault. Jeff did nothing wrong except play this player who's really good all season, all season long. Now I got to find him. I know he's in here somewhere because he was really, he had a really good year. Okay. But uh, I changed his back to first base so he'd be easy to find. And now it's embarrassing me because it's not there. There you go. Here's Jackson Zarate. I think these ratings look better than 50, but that's just me. But what really irritates me here, really irritates me here, is another line drive hitter. Maybe that has something to do with it. Guys like that overachieve. I'm grasping at straws here, guys. Okay, you can see the ratings really good against righties, going to struggle against lefties, lefty hitter, not much defensively. Mercifully, Jeff didn't play him in the field very much. So that makes me very happy. He got nine starts in the field all season. Good job, Jeffrey. There's a non-idiot in our league. Wonderful. Makes me very happy. Dan Vegas. Stupid. Um, In any case, he's smarter than that, too. Dummy. Um, In any case, uh, what bothers me about this is, once again, if you go into the minor league numbers here, this is really pedestrian. You're telling me things like this happen? 0. 0.1, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.1, 0. 0.8, 3.4. That's real? Really? 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 Show me your math. Like, really? Show me your math. Now, this is a guy with 65, 70 contact who had 318. So I can't complain about that. That's good. I'm glad about that. Didn't strike out as much. Again, I don't have a problem necessarily with this. I just don't see how a guy with this level of minor league pedigree turns in a 3.2 war rookie season. This is not, I don't think it's realistic. I think there are problems with the game engine here. It really irritates me. Now, we can look at some splits, okay? Against lefties, not as good. Against righties, raked. No surprises there, really. Okay. Probably didn't play as much against lefties. Yeah, no, that's not a full season of at-bats against lefties, probably. Um, unless there's just no lefties in the West. But in any case, um, a, a, a perfectly fine little player. I'd like to have him. Um, but he's limited as a DH. And I just don't think the minor league pedigree 
is congruent with what's going on here. Um, I wanted to look at BABIPs. That's what I had this open for. Yeah, 337. That's not terrible. What was it against righties? 351. Yeah, see, that'll come down. Yeah, I think some of this is BABIP induced. Now, this is a guy again. Maybe there's something to this line drive hitters overproducing their BABIP more than you would expect. But again, it's tough to pick a DH for the same reason it's tough to pick a first baseman. Everybody qualifies. It's not like you can go in here to the stats, okay, and uh, in-game and look up designated hitter because that works terribly because there aren't any of them. Like everybody's, it's just Ant Rod, okay, the Hall of Famer. Love him. Thank you for beating. Small pause. We can stop talking about Nate freaking Riley because Ant Rod was better. Um, in any case, these are the hitters for your 2045 Mad 1, all Mad 1 team. Uh, and, of course, no team at all would be anything without its pitchers. And so we need to change from bat stat to pitch stat here. And I'm going to sort by our ward, just so you know. That's what I have here. I mean, your likely pitcher of the year candidates are right here. So, you know. They're probably going to be the winners, and they probably should be because they were first in our war. Um, but in any case, we're going to go through some of these pitchers. I just want an alphabetical order. This isn't number one, number two, number five, things like that. Um, but I did try to keep an eye on guys who I thought might fit into some of these roles. But here's your starting five for the 2045 All Mad One team. Uh, first of all, right-handed pitcher Dominic Kaufman. Uh, again, I promised Tyler a lot of this would be about him, and it was. Dominic Kaufman was worth four war this year. He was worth six. Say it out loud. This with an S, like sex, but with an I. Six, six R war season. This guy was phenomenal, and these are his ratings. I, I, what's really weird is that other than pitching more innings, and again, Tyler rides the hell out of his pitchers, folks. 227 innings is a healthy amount. I mean, I know we have that off day in the middle of the week, but dear God. In any case, whip went right, way down. Walks went down a little bit. Really, he just allowed less hits and pitched so many innings. There's nothing about the component numbers here that really went up a lot. Walks dropped a bit, but again, most of that's innings. Hayes went up a bit, but it doesn't look, there's not a lot to see here. Babip's not ridiculous. He just was a really good pitcher for reasons I'm trying to understand, and I'm not seeing them here. Like, truly, I don't see it. I don't think he's reverse splitty, Okay. Oh my God, he is reverse splitty. Well, that probably has something. Oh no, he's not reverse splitty. Okay, so that's good. He's much better against righties than he is lefties. So that doesn't make sense. That's not the answer. So I, I again, this guy, this guy, cover up all this. If you want to cover up the overall, do too. Four war, a 6.2 R war starter. Really? Really? I. It bugs me. I, I just don't see it. I think it looks inflated. I can't find the stat, but it just looks wrong. It just looks wrong. I, it's a really weird little player. I just don't know what to think of him. So 
he's one of our starters. Another guy who's on our list here is left-hander Sebastian Nodal, also of the Red Sox. I'm not going to pick on Tyler for this one because Tyler didn't do anything wrong. He just started the guy who had a really good year. Sebastian Nodal led the league in innings pitched. Uh, only one over the West uh, uh, Dominic Kaufman, 227 innings pitched, if you recall. And again, really good season. Really good season. I think what irritates me the most here is that he was 50 movement and a fly ball pitcher and his home runs went down and he was worth 5.2 war. Now he was pretty low BABIP, but his strike it strikeouts dropped. Now his walks did too. That helps. But the big thing, he halved his home runs from last year. That is not a small thing from 1.2 to 0.6. I think some of that's luck. I think some of that's good fortune, not Tyler's fault. He pitched a guy 50-50 who got him five war. That's great. And again, you look at the history here. I'm just not seeing five war. I'm not seeing it. Now, some of you are going, oh, my God, Snyder, look. There it is, Trent. You're such an idiot. 5.1 war. Yes, smartass. That was 2040. He was 24 years old. You know what else was true in 2040? When he was 24 years old, he was a 70-rated pitcher. A 60-70. Guys like that have 5-4, I don't bat an eyelash because they're supposed to. The ratings are better. Guys like this, 50-50 guys with this sort of crap, fly ball guys in Boston who pitch left-handed. And so they have righties with the green monster, a scant like 200-some feet away from them. Oh, my gosh. What, how does this guy survive? I just don't even understand. It. it I really want to hate this guy even more. Maybe there's something to stamina after all, because Kaufman's high stamina too. I don't know. It it freaks me out. It freaks me out. This is an interesting guy, Alexis Robles from Houston. This is a guy who, if you recognize the name, it's because you hate the Pittsburgh Pirates. And you know, more understanding I could not be. I almost feel a little badly for the Pittsburgh Pirates after this trade, because this guy looks good. This is a guy who you're counting on to be your ace, but he wasn't very acey in the recent past for the Pirates. He wasn't even very acey when he was a Met. He was okay, perfectly fine starter, a guy you like to have on your team. But you got a guy who's 70-70. I think you're expecting better than this, aren't you? Two war, four war, three and a half war. Where's the five-war season? Oh, it comes with Houston, because of course it does, because that makes sense. Pitcher's Parks likes the Mets and Pirates. That's a real Pitcher's Park. People can hit home runs in New York. Pittsburgh is a real Pitcher's Park in Sky. You go to Houston, all of a sudden you're really good. Your home runs per nine go down. Your walks and strikeouts stay roughly the same. You pitch an entire year. You win 20 games. You play for the Central Division winning Houston Astros, and you're awesome. To say nothing of the fact that you're a captain. I think that even Tarlo has a right to be a little bit upset here. Now, don't cry too much for the Pirates. The Pirates got this guy, Gail uh, Villarreal, who looks pretty good. Going to probably stay, be able to stay in center. So don't cry for them too much. I'm sure there were draft pick involves too. Um, but in any case, weird little player. I don't know what to think of Alexis Robles. Um, but I was really weirded out when I saw 2.2, 2.1, 2.4, 4.9, even with the 70. So again, I wasn't really thinking about 
these sorts of things when I made this list, but it works out pretty well if you go back to the to the to the PowerPoint here. One could imagine Alexis Robles being your starter and you your ace on your team and you counting on Dominic Kaufman to be your number two and Nodles be your number three and Tito Taff and Kelvin Cran to be your number four and five, right? And so even though it's not really thought of as ace number two, I tried to do it that way, which brings us to Tito Taft. Now, I need to say in advance, D. Rich needs to stop picking on the Expos. Because I think the dirty little secret, as much as D. Rich does want to admit it, is that Jock is pretty good at this. But Tito Taft. Oh, Tito Taft. Again, I don't want to do this because the last thing our league needs is more D. Rich thinking that he's really, really good at this because that ship has sailed. D. Rich's ego is in well, is in finance, his own. And it... Uh, but I don't have any idea how this guy did this this year. He's 35 years old. How did how did this even happen? Oh, I have an answer. He led the league in BABIP. You want to know how you can have your Ks drop and be better as a pitcher from the year before? You can lead the league in BABIP. That's why. So about Montreal and Jacques, D. Rich needs to take a break. About Tito Taft, I got news for you, folks. He's fucking right. This is ridiculous. Tito Taft has no business being a startable number five for 29 starts this season. It's ridiculous. It's maniacal. It's stupid. I hate it. I don't like rooting for the Expos either now. Jock has two rings now. Nobody roots for the Expos. It's ridiculous. Again, don't want to spend a lot of time on Tito Taft because the only number to look at is the BABIP. Here, you want proof? I'll sort by Babip. Right up at the top there, there he is, Tito Taft. You know who's number two? Kelvin Tran. You'd be justified if when you saw Kelvin Tran appear, you went, who? Yeah, exactly. Well, as this little MFR. And he was worth 3.2 war this year because he led the West in Babip. 269 Babip. Maybe this guy will be okay. I, he must have been at least some level of prospect. He was a second-round pick. I'm not sure if that was a, a Ben Diego pick or a JG pick, but it doesn't really matter. He's a padre, and he was really good this year. And I don't like it when I see things like this and they don't compute down here. It's really weird. All of a sudden, this guy strikes out less. And, I mean, there's a little bit of a drop in the walks, but it really, it's got to be Babbitt. It's all BABIP. It's all BABIP. I don't see anything else. Okay? He's better against lefties than righties, as you would expect. Again, I don't see anything here that looks really ridiculous. This guy's really a three-war starter. So maddening. So ridiculous. Don't understand how things like this happen. Makes me need a pitcher's park. I don't know. I'm not even sure San Diego is a big pitcher's park, although it is for left-handed power, which might have helped Kelvin Tran a little bit. Um uh, it's a really good park for left-handed power. So Kelvin Cran being left-handed might have helped a little bit, but I don't know what to do. Uh, you haven't heard of Kelvin Cran. He plays for the Padres. They were, of course, awful. Um, just disgusting this year. Uh, not as bad as you thought they were. It's not like they finished last in the division because the Fresno Falcons were putrid. They make putrid things smell like roses. Um, but Kelvin Tran, 
doesn't play for GM who's contending or is all that active. Uh, and so you probably didn't notice that. I even got a Padre on the all Mad One inaugural team. You're welcome. Which brings us to the bullpen. The last slide we have here, folks. The bullpen. Yes, the bullpen. A um, couple of things. First of all, this bullpen discussion could be subtitled, I like it when the game rewards smarter GMing and penalizes stupid GMing. And so what we're going to do here, we have to get rid of the qualifiers. It has to be all players. Okay. Then we'll go to all relievers. And right up near the top here, okay, sort by our war, right up near the top here will be a gentleman by the name of Ramundo Capelland, who was a left-handed pitcher for the Las Vegas Knights this year. He was a left-handed pitcher for the Las Vegas Knights. I'm going to mention this again. He played for the Las Vegas Knights. The Las Vegas Knights, you know, that team that just finished the season where they homered as much as like the 27 Yankees. Yeah, that team and the 61 Yankees like put together. I think that's true. I think this year's version of the Knights. So they play just in an amazing park to hit it. Right. This guy's 40 movement. Plays for an amazing plays in a terrible park for him. He's extreme fly ball. He's awful. Plays in a terrible park. Dan Vegas has no business putting this guy in his team at all. This guy should be trade fodder. Should be traded to California. Or if he doesn't want to trade it in, in his own uh, conference or division, that's fine. He can trade it somewhere else. I don't even care where he sends him. Okay? Send him to Pittsburgh. Okay? Doesn't even matter. Okay? This guy would rock in Pittsburgh. He'd look great in a Pittsburgh uniform, and I'd hate him less. That's how much mad this makes me. So Dan Vegas did stupid thing. He's got this guy with 40 movement who's extreme fly ball who he starts in one of the most homer-happy fields in the world. And he has a .8 home run per nine. His home run per nine dropped by a factor of three from last year to this year. This is so vomitous. Oh, my God, it makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. This has to be luck. It can't be real. You can't get away with this, Dan Vegas. 40 movement, extreme fly ball. What? You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. This guy should be... Oh, I can't even speak. It's so vomitous. Oh, my God. This guy only allowed seven home runs, pitched 80 innings. This guy should have allowed 70 home runs in that park. Oh, my God. It's such stupid jamming that the game rewarded with this lucky freaking season. Makes me so mad. Oh, my gosh. I hate this player. Oh, I can't even... I never do things like that. If I did, people would pick on me. And you know what? They'd be right. They'd be like, Trent, you play in a pitcher's park. Why? You play in a hitter's park. Why did you get a 40 movement high fly ball guy? And it looked, it worked for Raymundo effing Capelon for Vegas this year. Oh my gosh, it makes me so mad. Dolph Gervais. I have to stop talking about Raymundo Capelon. That might be one of the ones that makes me the maddest. Dolph Gervais. We're going to talk about this guy. Actually, the Bogbacks manager, Sean, brought him up. So we're going to talk about him. Had a phenomenal couple of – it. he's had a really interesting career. So this is Dolph. I don't love the fact that his name is Dolph. I don't love the fact that his name is Gervais. I don't like the fact that his nickname is Doty. I think all of that is lame, stupid, sort of homosexual. I hate everything about it. In any case, we're moving on. And you can see that a year ago, the Mets had this guy, led the league in games, was phenomenal for them. Just pitched his butt off. Just was phenomenal. 3.4 war. He was great. Now, we, 
wasn't that great in ratings, so it looked a little made up. And then he had a good start to this season. Pitched okay. Not as good. K's down, walks down, walks up, whip way up, home runs up a little bit, just not pitching as well. And so, Bogback Sean goes to the Mets and says, hey, trade me this guy. This is so dumb. You never trade for a player like this. You trade for a player like this, a player that was great a year ago and has all the signs of being really bad this year, like a regression to the norm, which is sort of shitty, which is what he was two years ago. And Brandon says, sure, because Brandon's not an idiot. Sean is. Sean is the one trading for this guy. And he comes to him at the trade deadline, and he's freaking phenomenal. He's awesome. He has a .84 whip. It makes me so mad. Now, of course, it's all BABIP. 215. It's so frustrating. Guys like this, when you trade for a reliever like this at the deadline, and you do a stupid thing like Sean did, and you bet on this guy reverting to his 2044 form with ratings like this, with bars like this, then his 2045 form you should get burned. You should get your brain speed in, not have the best 27 innings pitched of his fucking career. This is so frustrating. I hate it when the game rewards shitty GMing. I think game. I think the game should reward smart GMing. This is shitty GMing by Sean, and he got rewarded for it. Now, Sean's getting his, because Dodie Gervais, oh my God, it's such, such a terrible nickname. But Dolph, Dodie, Gervais, I don't even care what you're calling Whoever he is, he's asking for big, big money. Yeah, good luck, bud. So Sean's not quite that dumb, mercifully. I was a little worried at first. Over under on the chances that Sean signs him, it's still above 50%. But in any case, brings us to another Baltimore Oriole by the name of Liam Hamm. Liam Hamm was phenomenal this season. I don't have any idea how it happened. This guy was worth four and a half Arbor out of the bullpen. This is repulsive. I hate it. I can't even begin to discuss it. It's so ridiculous. There's nothing in this guy's background, nothing in this guy's past to suggest he's anything more than a sort of pitcher. He's the last guy in your bullpen. And look, Zach paid him like the last guy in his bullpen. He's a million-dollar reliever. That's what he is. They're a dime a dozen. They grow on trees everywhere. This guy, shit, all his career, Never really good. Phenomenal this year. So freaking good. 32 saves. I don't believe this guy has 32 saves. It makes me want to punch something. I, I, I legitimately want to murder something because of Liam Hamm. I, I, it, it's so irritating. I can't even get over this. It's so repul- I oh, Freaking Zach. What? How even does this? Look, his K's are worse. How was he this good? It's so ridiculous. Oh, I can't even talk about it. Oh, can't even look at that guy. Oh, feel a little better now that I'm not looking at him. Instead, we're talking about the Oakland A's bullpen because there was some weird shiznit went down with the Oakland A's this year. And I think part of it happened in the bullpen. I'm not sure why the A's weren't better because I look at this team and think they're really good. But their bullpen was weird this season. And part of the weirdness are these two guys right here. One of them is this left-hander, Joey King. 
who is a 45-45 player. Quite frankly, this is another million-dollar reliever who was just phenomenal this year. He's great. He's incredible. He's fantastic. Hell, Andy should have started him, borderline starter. He was probably added to Andy's team because he was cheap and a fan favorite. And Andy loves him, his fan interest. That's probably why he was put on the team. And he was phenomenal. Incredible. Almost 60 innings pitched. Great, 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 great numbers. Some of this is understandable. Low movement guys that are extreme fly ball can survive in Oakland. That's not stupid gaming. That's smart gaming. And at least his case went up. But Joey King, my friends, had a 257 BABIP. And this is our story with Joey King. 257 BABIP. This is the problem. He babbipped his way into a really yucky year, a really lucky year with 45, 45 number ratings overall. Doesn't look like a very good pitcher. I hate it when guys get lucky like this. Ugh. All my guys like this on the Phillies end up sucking. These guys are good. Oh, you would think that was the worst babbip in the league. That was the lowest. I mean, 357? That's so, or 257? That's such a small babbit. Nobody could have been that lucky in the West. As it turns out, that wasn't even the luckiest guy in the Oakland bullpen. Because of this clown, Andrea Rivero, another boy named Sue thing, Andrea. Good grief. This guy's a former brave, which didn't make me like it more. Idiot. I hate that. What's with the rich and these guys? Andrea, Carla, all these mofos with girls' names. He's got more people named like girls on his team than he's had women he's had sex with probably i hate it so irritating d rich you irritating little bastard get rid of these boy named sue pitchers in any players in any case andrea rivero doesn't make sense for oakland because he's 75 movement extreme brown ball this is a guy that would should go to philly and then like set the world on fire with home runs um yeah he was phenomenal this year and is the leader in babbit in bullpen people. Now, if you really go into the stats, you will see that he is not technically the leader in BABIP amongst bullpen people because bullpen people don't qualify for the BABIP lows. So you just have to take my word for it after you roll through all these guys that don't get a lot of innings pitched. The real one you come on with the most innings pitched is probably one of these two MFers, right? Who some of these guys in here, really, really low BABIPs. It, I, I can't even begin to describe how lucky this is makes me so mad and then you get this guy called nate southard for the boston or for the cincinnati reds which we will end both the bullpen discussion and this video with nate southard another 45 45 guy who was phenomenal in the bullpen this year and had a pretty low babbit declining strikeouts his walks went down a little his home runs went down a little his whip went down a lot i don't know how that happened struck out less was a lot better low babbit 45 45 really freaking irritating and his nickname is boo and there could not be anything more ridiculous please change his nickname okay this motherfucker had 36 saves this guy was the closer and the red bullpen and was good at it. That is really freaking irritating. Really freaking irritating. I had so many problems finding a reliable closure this year for the Phillies. Bullpen was so awful. This 45-45 motherfucker, Boo, Boo, had 36 saves for the Cincinnati bullpen. So ridiculous. 
so ridiculous. I hate everything about it. I hate Nate Southard. I sort of hate the Reds now. I'm rooting against Zeus. Who likes the Reds anyway? Named after communists. So ridiculous. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. That said, I hope you have enjoyed all of this hate, all of this anger, all of this upset, all of this swearing, and all of this anger. Because it was just done for all of you. It really was. I got angry at, like, you know, an entire team's worth of players. All for you in this first annual version of not the all-Madden team, but the all-Mad One team. It is now 11.15, and I have to get up for my summer job tomorrow, so I will be bidding you a fond idea. But please have a enjoyable rest of your day. God bless. <laughs>